Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Jamer K podcast. Today we have another special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hey, I'm Emily from Lovesick. That's awesome. Emily from Lovesick. <laughs> um, you sing in the band, am I correct? Yes. Okay. Um, I've never seen you guys live. Um, and I looked on your guys' band camp and uh, it just lists um, two members you yeah and um, yeah so we've only played one show so far actually um and so it's me and remy from this band death bells and basically he's from australia and i'm based in la so we kind of just like wrote everything internationally and then like came together and put it all together so it started with us too but for the live show um we added my friend Justin, who plays in that band Dead Heat, and then our friend Alvin, who's like this amazing photographer. But yeah, so live, we're doing like a full band, but it's basically just me and Remy for the whole thing. <laughs> okay. Can you kind of go back and tell us how um, you like met Remy and decided to do this international project? Yeah. So um, I have a friend who lives in Australia. Um, her name is Steph and she's this like amazing photographer, but she's really good friends with that band death bells. And she introduced me to Remy and, um, my friend Brian, he runs this label funeral party and basically like Remy showed me death bells and I passed it on to Brian and he was like, yeah, I really want to put this out. So Remy and I were talking and he's like, yeah, I, I love what I'm doing, but like I kind of want to do another project and we're both into like a lot of the same music. So we were kind of just joking around like, yeah, we should start a band together. And then I don't know. We were like, it's probably not possible. Like it is possible, but it probably won't be anything since we're so far apart. Um, and then I kind of just told him like some of the stuff I'm into like musically and he's into the same stuff. So we kind of just started writing demos and then he would send me like skeletons of ideas and then I would just record over them. So yeah, it kind of just happened randomly. Like we were just talking on like Facebook and uh, yeah, it's kind of random. <laughs> I think that's awesome that with uh, how crazy technology is, um, you guys are able to just shoot things back and forth, you know, with that crazy distance and you guys are able to, you know, create something so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's weird because we didn't really ever play together in the same room until he moved out here because uh, he wanted to focus on music and just being out here in general. But once he moved out here, we didn't really play together in the same room until we decided we wanted to plan a first show. And uh, it was funny because like I showed up and our friend Alvin was there and I'm like, okay, yeah, like Alvin can play bass and then we'll just program the drums or something and then Remy was like no Alvin's gonna play drums and you're gonna play bass and sing and I'm like all right I guess like Alvin's not really a drummer but I guess that works like if he can if he wants to do that so um yeah we had like our first practice and it was working but like this is the first time I've ever really like put out music I've always just kind of written songs in my room and everything and uh 
I was like, I don't know if I want to focus on singing and playing bass at the same time for like our first show. Um, I'm like, it's kind of stressful, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So that's when we brought in Justin. Cause he was like, yeah, sure. Like when I'm not, when I'm not out with dead heat, like I'd love to do this. So, um, yeah, it was kind of funny just cause it like took so long for actually, or for us to actually get together in a room and play together. Um, but yeah, it's kind of crazy that you can just like do stuff over the internet, like everything. <laughs> when um excuse me when did um like this all actually come together because you guys uh released the your would it be an ep is that what you guys would call it yeah so we released the songs in august but we recorded them in march so we were kind of sitting on them for a while and we were like i guess we'll put them out (laughs) eventually and then um my brother he he's in that band seizures. And then he also runs a record label called sun Terrace records. And I was talking to him. I'm like, yeah, we kind of just want to put out a tape and like, see if anyone likes it. And he's like, Hey, I love it. Like, I'd love to put it out. So, um, yeah, my brother just kind of like took care of everything and we put out like 50 tapes and they all sold out and yeah. And we actually just recorded a new song and it should be out like, we're trying to release it on Valentine's Day, so hopefully that works out. We kind of like just uploaded it to Spotify yesterday, so um, yeah, everything's kind of just like relaxed. We're not really like in a rush or anything, but we're also writing constantly. So yeah, I don't know. It's fun. I think that's awesome. I was going to ask you about the colorway of the tape. Was there any specific reason why you went with red and pink? Yeah, um, I don't know why. I'm, like, super into, like, Valentine's, like, decor and stuff. Um, And I don't know. The songs are kind of, like, heartbreak songs. And I'm, like, it'd be kind of cool to do, like, pink and red and just stuff like that. But I actually kind of based it around the photo because um, my friend took this photo. She's the friend that introduced us, actually. Um the cover of the photo, she took it just for like for fun and it kind of always stood out to me. And I was like, Hey, could I use that? Because I don't know why it kind of looks like it would fit with the songs. And she's like, yeah, let's just like make it super bright red and like crazy looking. So, um, it's kind of cool. Remy kind of let, like, he'll let me take control over the art side of it. And he's like, yeah, whatever you see, like, I'm cool with that. So, um, I wanted to go with the red and the pink and we're kind of sticking with that. Just like bright colors and all of that. <laughs> That's awesome. I think it, it, it's funny that you say you're into Valentine's day decor. Um, yeah. And Valentine's day is coming up next week. Do you have any cool plans? Um, I actually have nothing planned. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm in like a long distance relationship and, he lives in Chicago, so I'm probably just going to hang out with my friend who's visiting from Scotland. Um, she's been staying with me for a bit, so probably going to hang out with her. Um, it sucks. I like. I don't know why I've always liked Valentine's Day, but I'd never really do anything for it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's why I was hoping we could release this song like that day. Um, 
but we're kind of just waiting for them to approve it. So hopefully it happens in time. <laughs> so you said you uploaded um, the song to Spotify. Um, do you have any plans to add that to a- Apple Music? Yeah, so it's it's being uploaded for both of them. We're just waiting for like the approval and everything. Um, and yeah, we're kind of just going from there. Like we wrote a song and we're like, oh, we should just record it and put it out. And then now I, I feel like we're just doing song at a time. And then hopefully we just put out another EP or record or something. Um, it's kind of super relaxed, which is pretty nice. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm actually curious because um, I never uploaded anything to Spotify or Apple Music. How long does yeah. that process normally take? Um, I'm trying to remember. I remember with the the EP, it kind of took like a week and a half or so or two weeks or something. I know they have to approve it and then they kind of just move forward with it. But um, I kind of make Remy do all of that. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, you did all of that before. Just handle it i guess but hopefully with one song it shouldn't be that long but who knows i think it'd be awesome if uh, you guys were able to get it up by valentine's day that'd be like a sick release yeah because it's um it's actually like the first song that i've written that's not like a like a heartbreak song it's kind of like a love song almost (laughs) so i'm like oh that'd be kind of cute if we dropped it you know then but i don't know we'll see so did you write the song while you're in your relationship or is this before? Um, it was actually before. Um, it was like, well, it's about him, I guess, but it was cause it's like fairly new, I guess. But, um, I wrote it kind of before I knew what we were, I guess. <laughs> um, cause I've kind of known him for a while, but we like, gradually started talking and making it more of a thing but um yeah it's it's kind of like basically about having like anxiety and depression and all that and you're kind of just like you don't really want to show that side of you to someone that you're interested in because you're like oh that's not really like the best part of me so um but like I don't know it's it's basically just like yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> okay. But, uh, we'll yeah, I have to I, wait I don't for know. the song to come I, out. Like, I've had it where I've had bad anxiety or something. I'm like, oh, it's like kind of not a side of me I want to show everyone when I meet them or when I get to know them better. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's not too bad. Can you tell us the name of the song? Yeah, it's actually called um, The Best of Me. And yeah, I actually like it a lot. It's our other songs are basically more like guitar heavy and all of that. But this one has like six different layers of keyboard and fun sounds and all that. It's it's really cool. That's awesome. Who uh, wrote like the keyboard parts? Was that you or Remy? Um, Remy actually handles a lot of the music parts. He's he'll come up with like guitar riffs and send them to me and then I'll show him my side or my idea. And then he was recording the song when I was at work and we were both joking around. We're like, we should add like bells and dreamy sounds to sound like the cure. (laughs) And, uh, 
when I got there, we were kind of just messing around with the different effects and everything. But um, yeah, he's like a music mastermind. Everything really like comes together with him musically. So it's a good duo, I think. I think it's funny that you use that term dreamy because I was on the band camp and just reading what people are writing and somebody uh, used that term. Uh, they said dreamy tunes. And, oh, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. And, and I was like, wow, I was like, that's actually like a really great way to describe um, the EP because I, I, I was trying to explain it to my friends because um, like this type of music, like I'm not like, you know, well versed in. So, yeah. Uh, so like I, I just try to tell like my other friends who don't know about it and they're like, oh, like, what does it sound like? And yeah, it's like the best way for me to describe it. Oh, it's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah. Like, I oh, don't know what was that sorry broke up <laughs> oh i'm um, sorry I, I was uh letting you finish your point because i don't want to cut you off oh no you're good um but yeah with when we put out the record or the ep or whatever it is um since i've never really put out music like i have a lot of friends who are in like i'm just surrounded by a lot of creative people and um when we were recording everything i guess basically just close people really knew that we were doing this so we kind of kept it like unintentionally a secret and we kind of just released it without telling anyone so um a lot of people like didn't even know we were doing it and they're asking me how I can describe it or like what bands we can compare it to and I was like oh my god I don't know like I can't compare us to like anyone because a like I don't even know how to describe it like it's just weird I don't know it's it's like Cause it's not as dark as a lot of post-punk, but it's also not like as poppy as some dream pop. I don't even know where we fit in really, but, um, and then bands that we're influenced by, I'm like, we don't sound like them at all, but those are bands we're into. So I never know how to like describe us or who to compare us to. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm the same way though. I'm like, I guess it's kind of dreamy at least. I don't know. The music is, but it's like the best I can, I can do with it. <laughs> so who are your, your major influences? Um, we, so when we're like mixing it and everything, we're just like, yeah, there's this band called blouse and they haven't played in forever, but we both love like their first record. And every time we're mixing, we're like, yeah, try and like, I don't know. That's a good example of what we'd want to sound like. And then, um, the band chromatics, we really like them. They're like just dreamy, I guess. <laughs> and I don't know. We're both really into like a lot of eighties music. So, um, like we love the cure and, Morrissey and Duran Duran and all that kind of stuff so I guess we kind of just mixed like our taste together and we like Beach House <laughs> um yeah I don't know like I don't I don't think either of us are thinking of bands when we're writing stuff but when we're mastering and mixing and doing all that stuff um I'm like yeah I kind of want you know reverb like this band or I don't know certain tones we kind of just look for in those kind of bands but yeah i don't know i don't think we sound like any of them though but <laughs> they're all too good 
Yeah, I, I can't even imagine like being in that kind of process because like, I, I I was in a band like a long time ago and like we recorded and I just didn't want to have anything to do with the like mixing or mastering. I just wanted to go record my part, then leave just because I, I felt like it was just like way too technical for me and I just didn't understand yeah. anything. No, I totally feel that. Yeah, I for this song, I got there when they were already almost done with all the music because they were there from like 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. kind of just working on everything. And um, I'm like, wow, I, you guys kind of just have it all together. <laughs> you kind of know what to go for. But um, yeah, I don't know that part. I kind of try and leave to Remy. I'll, I'll make my changes. I'll be like, I kind of like this better than that. Or I wish there was more reverb or less of this. But for the most part, he's kind of the genius on that side. So before love sick, have you ever wanted to be in a band? Yeah, I, I've always wanted to do it. Um, I've always written songs like at home and everything. And, um, I used to like tour and sell merch and do stuff like that for like certain bands. And I'm like, wow, I, I really want to do this, but, um, it's always been hard for me to find people who are trying to do the same thing. Um, but death bells, they're kind of like, I don't know. They're, they're really good. And I loved what I heard. And when Remy wanted to start a band, I'm like, dude, you write the coolest songs for death bells. Like, I can't imagine what you'd write for us, you know? So, um, I think it's all about fighting or finding the right people to do it with. And it kind of just clicks. Um, cause I write songs at home still, I guess, but it's nothing I would ever put out. It's just kind of for fun. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I still want to do other stuff too. Like I kind of want to do like a cheesy eighties <laughs> band with crazy synths and drum machines and all that, but, um, we'll see. <laughs> When you say you write songs at home, are you just like writing lyrics or are you actually like writing like and recording like full songs? Um, I have like tons of stuff just on my phone because I play guitar. So I'll write just songs on there and come up with random ideas like melodies and lyrics. And um, a lot of it I'll kind of just write down and save. And I'm like, hey, maybe this will fit for Lovesick and maybe I'll use it for something else. But yeah, I don't know. I, I try and play guitar like every day just for fun, but um, I feel like I'm not good at writing riffs, <laughs> so I don't do that part. But how yeah. long? Uh, um, how long have you been playing the guitar? Um, I got my first guitar when I was in like fifth grade because I had a crush on a guy who had a guitar, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I want the same guitar as him. Like, blah blah blah. And I got a guitar for my birthday and then I never really stuck with it. Like I played for a little bit. And then in high school, I got like another guitar that was like, I got like an acoustic guitar. I had a, fr my first guitar, ah, sorry, tongue tied. My first guitar was like a, like a cheap Squire or something. And, um, I still have it just at my parents' house somewhere, but um, then I got like an acoustic guitar in high school and I was just writing more stuff and that's when I kind of started playing again. But I think like the last couple years, that's when it's been more consistent. And 
I never really played bass. And then when we had our first practice, I'm like, oh, I guess I play bass now. <laughs> but um, now I'm trying to like get good at bass. So I've just been covering songs for fun. But we'll see. I don't know if I'll do much with that, but it's still fun. And are you self-taught or did you like take any lessons? Uh, I think I took like a few lessons in fifth grade, but since then it's kind of just been self-taught. Um, I feel like when I took lessons, I was kind of stuck playing everything I learned or everything I learned from him. And then I wouldn't be able to like get myself to write anything different. So I kind of like the idea of self-teaching because you're just learning different ways and it's not really like, I don't know, it's cool to learn the basic chords and everything, but it makes you branch out and like learn different sounds and how you want it to actually be and everything. But yeah, I haven't taken a lesson since I was in like fifth grade. And with bass, I've just been like, I'll look up tabs or something for like New Order songs and then kind of just play around with those but yeah i don't know (laughs) so going back to the fifth grade did you ever um, talk to the kid with the guitar that kind of inspired you to get one yeah no we were actually good friends and like he there was a talent show and he covered a green day song and green day was like my favorite band in fifth grade (laughs) so um i was like yeah this guy's so cool but um and then we went off to like middle school and I don't know. We, I don't know. I got over it pretty fast <laughs> for a fifth grader, I guess. But, um, I think I was just stoked that he liked green day, honestly. <laughs> Do you still like green day? Oh, I love green day. Well, I love like their early on records, um, like Dookie and Kerplunk and all of that. I still actually listen to those, but and my brothers and my dad were really into them when we were when we were little. So kind of like a nostalgia band for me, but they're great. You said you um, did merch for bands. Um, can you talk about which bands you did merch for? Yeah. Um, so I, I worked with Cold Cave for almost five years. And then along with that, because I was working alongside Wes and everything, I did... Um, a little bit for American Nightmare is just kind of when they were doing more. And then I did stuff for Drab Majesty, um, Jesus and Mary Chain. Um, yeah, kind of just like bands we toured with. Because um, I was working like mostly and strictly for Cold Cave. So uh, I went on a few tours with them and seeing how they were doing everything. It was just like really appealing. And uh yeah, I don't know. It was just really fun, and I kind of just wanted to start my own thing, so it's something I could do forever. But we have not gotten there yet with touring. <laughs> How did you uh, land that merch gig with Cold K? Was that through like a, another company, or did you just know somebody fr- from the band? Um, no, it was actually really random. Like, I I talked to Wes a couple of times online. Um, I was like eighteen at the time, and. I'm like, wow, this guy's awesome because I kind of always looked up to him when I was like in high school and all that. And um, my brother and I went and saw Cold Cave. It's like 2012 or 2013 or something. And I was like, oh, my God, like 
less namey. Like I kind of want to meet them, but I don't, I don't know if they're cool, you know? And he's like, dude, go talk to him, whatever. And then we ended up talking to Wes for like 20 minutes and he was the nicest guy ever. And then they played again a couple months later and we kind of caught up with him again. And, uh, they played this art fest, like an art music fest thing called station to station. It's in Arizona. And I went out there with them for that. Like a bunch of people from here were going and everyone is there. And we talked a bunch, like I was just talking to them about music and all that. And, uh, a few months later, I guess Wes posted like that he wanted to hire someone to help run Heartworm with him. Um, it's like his record label slash publishing company. And like I was in Seattle at the time. I think I was just on vacation and uh, a few different people reached out to me like, dude, did you see Wes posted he's trying to hire someone? Like you should go do it. And at the time I was living in Orange County. So I'm like, oh, it's in Hollywood. Like if he needs someone now, like I don't know if I could just up and move tomorrow, you know? So um, I ended up talking to him and stuff and he was like, would you want to come in and talk about the job, you know? And I'm like, yeah, I guess like, I mean, I liked what I was doing at the time, but not enough. And I've always wanted to work in music and do all of that. And it'd be really cool to work for like a hero, I guess. <laughs> and, um, I came up to LA where I'm obviously living now, but um, Amy, his girlfriend, she owns a really cool bookstore in Hollywood. And he was like, yeah, like if you want to do this, you can like work full time in Amy's bookstore and then also help me with the heartworm stuff. And I'm like, yeah, this place is awesome. Like this is all up my alley and yeah, I'd love to do it. And they basically just like handed me the job then and there. And, um, at the time I was dating someone up here. So I'm like, Oh, I'm up here a lot as it is. Like I can make it work, you know? So, um, I quit my job and did the commute from Orange County to LA for like <laughs> five months and then moved in with one of my really good friends. But, um, yeah, I ended up doing all the heartworm stuff is just me and Wes mostly. And then, uh, working in Amy's store and Amy like ended up having a baby. So touring was put on hold for like maybe six months. And then after they had the baby, they're like, yeah, would you want to come on tour and do all of this? So I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'll go anywhere. Sure. So, um, yeah, I ended up going on a few of them with them and sold all the merch and like, I started nannying, I guess. I started watching their baby, like, while they would play, sell the merch, and do all that. So, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, kind of the dream job. <laughs> that sounds awesome. I, yeah. I, I, I yeah. Used to, uh, oh, wait, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, go on. Oh, I was just going to tell you about my, um, my aspirations on being a merch guy. I oh, yeah. To, I want to hear all about it. <laughs> so, um, like... So I'm into like hardcore music and like when I was younger, I had an opportunity to to do like a whole week with this hardcore band from the um the Inland Empire. They're from like based out of like Marino Valley. Um, oh, totally. Yeah. So I did like a 
I did like it was like a week. It was um, them, First Blood, uh, Death Before Dishonored. Um, it was like the California. Oh man! Uh, yeah, it was the <laughs> California CD release tour. But I could only do a week because I was in school and I had work. Um, and I had a lot of fun doing it because I was you know sixteen or I wasn't sixteen. No, I think I was closer to like seventeen or eighteen, somewhere yeah. around there. But I, I just thought it was the coolest thing. Like. You know, we'd wake up, um, we'd all eat together and then just like bullshit until the show. And then I would just like set up, sell merch, go watch First Blood and like, you know, go uh, see like the songs I wanted to see, then go back to the merch table and just dick around and try to make money. Yeah, I, I thought that was the coolest thing. And um, like that week ended and, and I, I was just like, damn, like I, I should have just quit my job and quit school to do the whole U.S. And, yeah, um, never did. And I always thought it was like the coolest thing to do. So fast forward to like uh, I was like, I think like maybe like a year and a half ago. I ended up working for this merch company based out of Costa Mesa and I um, made friends with this guy. Uh, his name's Danny. Uh, he was uh, the main merch guy for the ghost inside and super oh, nice, nice dude. Yeah. He was like super nice, like really friendly. And I always told him, I'm like, dude, like you gotta like, you know, tell me how this works. You gotta get me like a foot in. And he was just like, oh, like I don't, he was like kind of hesitant because he's like, I don't really know how you work. I, I don't want to like back you if you suck or whatever. So, yeah. Um, so like I bugged him for the longest time. And then um, it was not. Yeah. So it was two years ago. So it was two warp tours ago. He hit me up and was like, hey, like, do, do you want to help me do merch? And I was like, yes, like, I'll do it. Like, I don't care who it's for. Like, let's just go out yeah. and do it. So um, we got hired to go work for falling in reverse there i'm doing oh, the, man. the warp tour in pomona and like i i think it made it easy for danny just because i was so eager to work and um you know he had a lot of friends um who were there that he hadn't seen in a while because he hadn't been on the road so like yeah um like it, it was crazy because um for some reason uh falling in reverse they wanted like uh like double the size of like tent space so we we, we basically had two <laughs> tents and we really only needed one so we literally set up on like one side and then the other side was just like chairs for our friends just to come and like <laughs> hang out and i thought it was fun because it was warped toward uh like just like a bunch of like you know warped tour kids like super excited to like come by like the falling in reverse merch and like we sold um like that year we sold more merch at that date than any of their other dates and, oh my god yeah and i thought it was fun so i, I kept like, yeah i'm um, bugging my friend danny i'm like yo like i, I want to do this more like like i'm ready to quit both because at the time i was working two jobs i was working the my main job and then the merch job so mm -hmm. i was just like dude i'm ready to quit both jobs i just want to be on the road like let's figure this out and um excuse me i'm sorry i thought it's all weird give me one second oh you're good <laughs> <clears throat> so um working uh for the merch company you like meet a lot of people so like one day i got sent out um to go deliver merch uh to this band i can't forget uh, what's her name oh i was uh, sent to go deliver merch to crown the empire at universal studios oh wow so drive out there and i meet their merch guy at, at the time his name's uh thad really nice guy met him was very brief didn't really think anything of it fast forward to like last year 
um, I got asked to um, work with Danny again to, to go do merch for a day to remember it like their self help. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. And like Thad was there and he like remembered me out and I was surprised. He was like, hey, like, what's up? And like we talked and then we figured out that we had like a ton of mutual friends in hardcore. So it was just like super cool. He's a really nice guy. Yeah. And we uh, worked for a day to remember and craziest thing I've ever done, like merch wise, just because like the festival had like VIP, like come in early. So like we were busy from like literally from when VIP got there till the end of the fest. And it was like super draining and like really tough just because it was just like nonstop for like literally the whole day. Oh, I bet. (laughs) Yeah. And then uh people were telling me they're like you know what like if you really want to do this full-time like you can make it happen like you know finding work is not that hard you just have to you know actually be able to do like good work and Mm -hmm. yeah and thad told me he's like hey like if you ever wanted to do this seriously just call me and like i could get you on the road like i could find you a gig that would just lead to other gigs as long as you did good work and like i've always like toyed with it and like the, the back of my mind but um, the the one time that I almost did it, like um, like I was working at the merch place, and um, at the time they handled Newfound Glory's merch. Oh yeah. And I'm like a huge Newfound Glory fan. They're like my favorite band ever. Oh yeah, no, I, I was like obsessed with them growing up. <laughs> And so I walk into work one day and the guy who like is like the middleman between um, Newfound Glory and the actual merch company, he comes up to me and he's like, hey, like, uh, guess who needs a new merch guy? And I was just like, stop messing with me because I thought he was kidding. <laughs> and he's like, no, like Newfound Glory like needs a merch guy for this tour. Like, what do you think? And I was just like, dude, oh, I was like, dude, I'll quit my job right now. I was like, I'm walking out of here. <laughs> I was like, call their manager. Um, and They're like, consider it done. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I was just like, I was like, call their manager. Let's set up a meeting. Like, this is how much I want. Like, let's freaking do it. And he started like laughing because I guess like the amount of money that I was asking for was like ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, which like in my opinion wasn't that much because I like based off of like talking to like Danny all the time um, yeah like, asking about like you know what normal rates were and I was like yeah. dude I was like I, I was like I, I feel like I, I deserve more than like a normal merch person because like you've seen like the work that I've done and like you know how like I can perform and like yeah you're not some random person <laughs> yeah and like I was like begging Danny and uh the guy who's like the in-between for newfound glory and the merch company I'm like dude just back me up like let's do this meeting so like we get this done I was like I was like I'll quit both my jobs and they're telling me they're like dude like this is just for like one tour like I don't know if they're gonna go for it um yeah but in the end uh th- they didn't want to pay me my, my, my asking rate and I was just like, you know what? I was like, I, I can't leave my jobs if I can't get paid what I think I deserve, you know, cause I still yeah. need, cause I, I still, have, you know, like an overhead, I still have bills back home. Like if I'm just quitting two jobs, I can't just take it for like way less pay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, like I, what was hard for me is because that's like the same for me when the first time I ever like, did merch like I think I did it for a few friends just for fun but I'm like this doesn't feel like 
you know, it doesn't feel like a job I would ever get sick of. You're surrounded by people you like and music is just the best. <laughs> um, and with like Cold Cave, they ended up becoming really close friends and they felt like family to me. So I it didn't even really feel like a job just because I was so happy with what I was doing. But um, my living situation at the time, like when I ended up stopping, I was kind of I had to move basically. And I'm like, I've been making everything work, but like I know a lot of bands can't afford to pay as much as someone needs to really get by, you know, like completely. Um, so for me, it was something where I loved what I was doing and I'm like, yeah, this is something I want to do forever, but I had to be making more money like for my living situation and all of that. So I basically stopped what I was doing cause I couldn't afford to do it anymore, I guess. Um, but like, that's the thing though. Like when you're, out on tour you're just like nothing is better than this like nothing else matters everything's fun everything's great and it really is like the dream job so I totally feel you <laughs> um how was it working on warp tour though because I have like a few friends who've gone and they're like it's so hard with the heat and everything and it's just draining but well yeah, I don't know um for me we only did that um one date Cause, oh yeah. Cause just Pomona. Yeah. Cause they just hopped on that date. Um, but honestly I didn't think it was that bad because, um, Danny, he's like pretty like experienced and he knew like a lot of like the um, people behind the scenes. So I didn't even know this, but he called like ahead of time and was like, yo, like we need like a space that's like facing this direction. So like we're like never hit by the sun and like he had mm-hmm. it like planned out like perfect. Um, so like honestly, like I don't think it was that bad because like we got there pretty early, and um, me and Danny and like so, since like his friends hadn't seen him so long, they came over and they just literally helped us like do everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're just like he was just catching up like while we're setting up, and like it was just like it didn't really feel like work and like that band's so popular. Um, like we just you know sat there and like all the kids came to us and you know it, it was fun yeah. i think like the only bad thing about it was um like we got asked like a million times if uh ronnie radke was doing like any like meet and greets <laughs> and oh man yeah and like we were right by main stage so um like the one thing that i thought was like super weird was that like the band like literally walked by their like merch table and like didn't like even like acknowledge us <laughs> You're like, cool. I was like, oh, I was like, okay. I was like, those guys are actually rock stars. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. But I would, um, even though like Warped is not really a thing, they're doing like, I think like select dates this year. Um, Yeah. I think it would have been fun. Just given. Yeah. I mean, just if you're there with the right people. people, Like, I don't know. If you're with the right people, I feel like it just doesn't feel like work. Yeah, I remember when I went out for that week with that hardcore band, um, mm-hmm. me and the singer uh, of the band, like we were sick of being in um, our van because everybody was like so into like hardcore and like that's all they wanted to listen to 24 seven versus 
Um, <laughs> one of the other bands, uh, this like Christian band called Bloodline uh, Calligraphy, they were like listening to like pop punk bands like Hit the Lights and Fireworks, and we're like, oh, we want to be in there. We want to like have fun with those guys because like yeah, we're like surrounded by hardcore, you know, every night because of the show. Like you know, sometimes we need a little break from it. Yeah, you want like a variety of music, not just the same thing constantly. <laughs> Yeah, so that was basically that. Um, but the other times, I think the uh, data remember one was um, pretty bad, just because like it was just so busy and it was so cold. But mm-hmm. um, luckily, my like I had friends at the fest who knew I was there. So like my buddy Bryce brought me some drinks. Like he's like, "Hey, like, do you want anything to drink?" And I'm like, "Yes, please go grab me a soda." Like I'm I'm dying over here. <laughs> You're like, and I'm then, drowning here. <laughs> yeah. And um, well, this guy, uh, he brought me like chicken fingers, but I just had to put it off to the side because like we were so busy. And by the time I got to them, like, I'm not even kidding. It was so cold out. It felt like I was eating like frozen chicken fingers. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. Anytime I've like sold merch or anything, I'll realize I haven't eaten for like eight hours. And everyone's like, oh, you're hungry. I'm like. Dude, I did not have a minute to stop. Like, I had food just sitting over there, but I didn't touch it at all. Like, there's no time. Have you had any, like, crazy, like, experiences while doing merch? Um, there's been some weird people, I guess. Like, just kind of weird things going down at shows. Um, like, we, we were in Vegas, um... It's like the first day of the tour and I don't know why, but like it seemed like everyone who was there was just all weird. Like it, it was like everyone was the same kind of weird, um, which is strange because I know a lot of people out there who are awesome. And it just seemed like everyone who came to the show was weird. And this guy like came to the table and um, apparently he had issues with someone that we were friends with and I didn't know the guy. He was a complete stranger to me, but comes to the table and he's just like fucking with me. Like he, um, he's like, yeah, I'm going to get that shirt in a large. And I'm like, okay, yeah, here you go. It's 20 bucks or however much it was. And he's like, not that one, that one. And he points to the pile of shirts that are exactly the same. And I'm like, I'm confused. <laughs> I'm like a different size or, and he's like, no, that one. And he's just like messing with me. I'm like, what the hell is this guy's problem? And like, he's going on and on. And, um, my friend is at the table with me and he's like, dude, take the shirt or leave it. Like, what, what do you want? And apparently he's like on something. And, um, later that night, like he had issues with people we knew and, uh, someone went to the bathroom and he's just like knocked out on the floor, I guess. Like he fucked with like the wrong people, I guess. Um, and I was just like, damn, I thought that guy was just on something or just being annoying like I didn't think anything of it but at some point in the night someone kicked his ass or something like I don't know what happened but I'm like yeah I'm not even gonna ask like I'll just on to the next I guess but um yeah I don't know I've I've made a lot of friends through that but I've also met a lot of weirdos so um yeah I remember there was another show like in Seattle and there was a guy trying to threaten um like someone in the band and while they were playing he's just like 
making gestures at him like he's gonna like slit his throat like all this weird shit while they're playing and um nobody knew who he was and he was like throwing a fit like all this stuff during the show and it's like dude this is like a this isn't even like a hardcore show what's going on and he uh was basically just like threatening and then after the show he was like yelling at them and um Later on, we found out he's just, like, some drunk dude who just, like, starts shit everywhere. But <laughs> I don't know. Just weird stuff like that. But nothing too bad, personally. Where was your favorite place to um, tour into? Um, I think Berlin. Uh, I mean, all of Europe in general is, like, amazing. But uh, Berlin, like, there were just – it kind of felt like a – a better LA almost like I kind of just liked the way the city was mapped out and they had all these really cool spots. And I have a friend out there who worked at this really good, um, vegan donut shop. And every time like we went out there, he would like come to the show with a bunch of donuts to share with everyone. (laughs) So everyone is always looking forward to that. But, um, for Europe, probably Berlin, but, I don't know. Chicago's like my favorite city ever. And then New York was always really cool because they like, I don't know, every band just does so well out there, it seems like. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I kind of like big cities. And then there was also a, like a small town in Italy that we played at. I forget which one it was. But when we got there, we were greeted by like this nice family who basically cooked this huge like like dinner style like huge dinner table full of just all like vegan italian food because like everyone on the tour was basically like vegan or gluten-free or soy free like just all these crazy allergies but they uh they they made this like amazing vegan italian dinner and everyone was still talking about it like weeks later, like, Oh, remember that amazing food that family made for us? Like at the venue, it was just so cool. So, um, I don't know. I, I kind of love like Italy and Germany. And then I went to Switzerland once and I loved it over there. So I just really want to go back to Europe. <laughs> How did you guys, um, meet that family that made you guys that dinner? Um, apparently one of the, I think it was like, maybe I forget who it was, but I think one of them worked either at the venue or they're the promoter. Um, and they were just like, what do you want for dinner? Like ahead of time, they're like, yeah, we, you know, we do catering and all that. And, uh, we were all just like, yeah, we're open to whatever. And we, we got there and it was just almost, it kind of looked like a loft. It was just this this like amazing loft apartment kind of look. And they just had a huge long table, um, just ready with food when we got there. And, um, I mean, most of the places we went to in Europe, everyone's just so friendly and they kind of treat you like family when you get there. They just cook all this nice food for you. And, uh, cause I mean, they're like, yeah, some venues had buyouts for dinner and stuff, but, uh, most places they provided like food, they cooked all this really good food and everything. And it was really cool. It was really, really nice. Do you have any plans to go back to Europe? 
I want to. Um, I don't know. I, I want to go like next year or something because it seems like I hit a lot of it, but not like nearly as much as I'd like to. Because um, I never went to like France or <laughs> anything like that. And yeah, I don't know. I kind of want to try and save to go next year or I don't know, maybe eventually just go for fun with like try and make something to do it with like lovesick or something. I don't know, just for fun. But uh, my brother, I think they are trying to plan a tour to go to Europe and was like, yeah, if you need literally anything, I'll do any of it just to go. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I nothing set in stone, but I definitely want to. Can you tell me about you? Um, you said you're li- living in Orange County before you went to L.A. to take that um, merch gig. Yeah. So I'm from Orange County. Like my family lives down there in like Dana Point area. So South County. Um, I have two brothers. One of them lives in San Diego now, but the other lives in Orange County. And I like love L.A. So I just have always stayed up here since I moved out. Um, but yeah, I still go down there pretty often because I'm pretty close with my family. So and it's close enough to go to. But yeah, I don't know. I like it up here. <laughs> I love Orange County. Like sometimes I, I like get mad at my parents because I was like raised in like the Palm Springs area. Mm-hmm. And I, I moved out like it like uh, I, I want to say I was like 21. I, I moved to Orange County. That was oh, like, cool. Yeah. So um, that was back in like the end of 2010. And I like loved it um, so much. And like, I just never want to leave. So I'm like always like fascinated by just like, yeah, that's like from Orange County or like any band that's from Orange County. I just want to give them like extra support because like I'm just so proud of like that area. Totally. What part did you live in? When I grew up in Palm Springs. Or you or, moved to Orange County, right? Yeah, I I, I kind of like lived all over. So, um, the first year I, I lived in Orange County, I, I moved to like um it was like West Anaheim, like oh, okay, cool. Yeah, um, and then from there I went and moved to um it was like Orange, it, it was like it was oh, right awesome. it was like right on the border of like Orange and Garden Grove, mm-hmm. and then from there where did I go? Oh, um, from there I, I went to, uh, Cyprus and then, um, from Cyprus, I went to Brea and then Brea to Westminster and then Westminster to back to Anaheim. Damn. You're, you're a true orange County head. <laughs> uh, you know, I never meant to be, it, it just kind of happened. Cause like, lo- like low key, the very first year that I lived there, um, it was just so hard to meet like genuine people. And I just like grew to hate it. I like didn't have any friends and like wanted to move back home. But, mm-hmm. um, when I, I tried to move back, like I like saved up like a bunch of movie or not movie. I saved up a bunch of money to break my lease. I like ended up like totaling my car and like had to spend all the money I saved Aww. up to buy a new one. And Damn. yeah, so I wasn't able to, to move back. And then I just ended up staying and eventually um, I just like made it work. And now I just never want to leave. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Cause like a lot of people I've met in LA, they're they'll be like, Oh, you're from orange County. And I'm like, yeah, I 
grew up there, lived there until I moved here. And so many people up here talk so much shit on it. I'm like, you don't know. Like, it's a great place. I don't care. Like, I know there's a lot of parts that are like, you know, pretentious and rich areas, but it's generally a really, really great place. And I don't know. I, I still love going down there as much as I love living up here, but, um, I go down and see my family like once a week just cause I love being over there. And, um, yeah, I, I get it though. Like it's kind of hard to meet good people there unless it's through music or something. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty rough, but, um, just like the people that I have met who I'm like close to and talk to all the time. I, I just met them like just super random, just like through, um, either like music or, um, I go to Disneyland like all the time. So just like, mm-hmm. me- like meeting people who are into that, um, it was just all like by chance. Yeah, totally. Uh, are you a fan of anything like Disney? Just curious. Of what? Sorry, uh, cut out. <laughs> uh, oh, of anything Disney? Um, I love Disneyland. Um, I grew up going like my whole life. And my mom actually, last weekend, I was down there seeing her and my dad. And she pulled out this old bag from when I was little. And it has all these different Minnie Mouse shoes. And they're all like super small to like just every time my feet grew, I got a new pair. She's like, I kept all of them because they're so awesome. I'm like, these are great. I want to save these forever. And um, I'm bummed. I haven't gone in so long because the the passes have gone up so much since I had one. And I used to have a friend who worked there, and then he moved to Texas. And I'm like, I don't want to ask people to like hook me up to go. But I definitely haven't gone in forever, and I miss it so much. <laughs> Yeah, it, but, it it definitely is like super expensive. Like they're on this trend of like raising the prices like every year. It's so yeah like, crazy. Like to just get like a one day park hopper ticket, I, I think it's like up to like two hundred dollars now. That's insane. Yeah. yeah, and like my friend is visiting right now from Scotland, and she's like, "Yeah, I really want to go back to Disneyland while I'm out here." But it's hard because, you know, I have multiple friend groups and I want to go multiple times with different friends. But like, can I really afford to go more than once? Can I even afford to go once? And I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't blame you at all. But um, my brother and I were talking about just going for fun and doing all the stuff that we did there that we did growing up and just having like a nostalgia day. (laughs) like taking pictures with all the characters and I'm like, dude, I haven't done that in so long. Like I would love to do that. So I hope I go soon. Um, you're, you're way into Disneyland, aren't you? Do you have a pass? Yeah, I, I have a pass. Like I'm like a, like a lifer. Like I, I, I can't imagine not having one. Yeah. So I'm there like a couple times a week. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's so worth it if you're that close too. Cause like I used to just go after work or something with friends and we just get churros, you know, on main street and then just go on like space mountain and they're like, yeah, we close. I'm like, doesn't matter. We have a pass. It's totally worth it. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's like super chill. Like that's like one good thing about having the pass is that you're able just to like stroll in and just do like whatever and not really have to worry about like, um, 
cramming everything into like one trip. Yeah, totally. Cause like the lines can be so long and you're all stressed about getting on everything. So, um, I feel like next time I go, I'd probably just get a pass cause I actually think about it a lot. So definitely want to go back. <laughs> Honestly, like I think it's worth it. It definitely is like really expensive, but if you like kind of weigh out like the things you can do with the pass, um, I think it's definitely like worth it. I, f- I feel like we're cheating Disney for now. Oh yeah. Cause you can go so many times out of the year and being close enough. It's you're getting your money's worth for sure. Yeah, the, the the best part is having friends who have passes. So it's just mm-hmm. um, it, it, it's cool to have it just like there is something to do because obviously we like me and my friends do other stuff as well. But it, it's always nice that Disney's an option because there's always something new going on. And like one of our really good friends, um, his name is Johnny. Um, he's like the manager of the magic shop. So like, he's always working. So um, it's always good to go in and see him. Oh, that's so cool. I used to like when I was little, I always wanted to buy the the dog leash for the invisible dog. <laughs> oh, wow. That's classic. They don't even sell that anymore. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so sad. <laughs> yeah, it's um, their inventory has definitely changed um, like a like. Yeah, there's like classic things that they don't even sell. Even Disney, uh, like Disney doesn't even sell like um, do you remember those like bubble guns? Yeah. Yeah, they they changed them to bubble wands. What? Yeah, because uh, guns are bad. Oh my god, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like every kid has a bubble wand, and I'm like, man, I, I kind of wish seeing like the cool like you know Astro Blasters bubble gun. Yeah, those are classic. Damn. What, what was your favorite ride at Disneyland? Um, I love Space Mountain. Thunder Mountain. I love Star Tours. Um, we like grew up watching Star Wars, so I was kind of bummed when they changed it because I like loved the just like the classic version I grew up with. But I don't know. That's still it's such a like underrated ride, I think. But I I still love it. I actually. I think my brother and I watched videos of the Star Tours ride on YouTube not that long ago. Because <laughs> so we were just like, dude, this is the best ride. It's just our childhood summed up. Damn. But there's like a, I haven't been in a while. Aren't they doing the Star Wars world now or something? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's called like Galaxy's Edge. It's like Star Wars land. Ooh. Yeah, that's going to open up um, somewhere in like the middle of June. Like, there's oh, no, cool. Yeah, there's no exact date, but um, Bob Iger let it slip in an interview that it was actually opening up in June, which makes sense because in June, like, certain passes are like blacked out from like certain parks. Oh, yeah. But Dang. going back to um, Star Tours, there's like a big rumor that once. Uh, galaxy's edge opens up like they're gonna get rid of like everything star wars in tomorrowland oh really yeah which makes sense because uh it's kind of weird to have like star wars in like two different parts everywhere of the park. <laughs> yeah um so there's like this thing going on that people think that like tomorrowland's finally going to get like a big like renovation 
because it's like long overdue because Tomorrowland was like, you know, based on like the future, but like basically everything in there, like we've like, you know, passed in uh, technology. Yeah, totally. So, uh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. But yeah. I guess I hate change. <laughs> it's kind of sad when they do change things like in Disneyland because um you, you kind of realize like damn like there goes like a piece of my childhood like nothing's sacred so like i'm just like i have to enjoy things while i can now because like you know yeah things could change at any no, moment it's exactly how i feel i'm just i feel like everything changes overnight almost but we just got to enjoy it but i'm down for a tomorrowland overhaul i i feel like they could bring cool rides from other parks like um there's like that tron roller coaster that they're that, that they have in shanghai that they're putting in disney world so i'm thinking that they might bring it over to disneyland oh that sounds cool because i remember when they were doing like the electronica like the thing at california adventures and I don't know. I'm like, this looks so cool with all like the crazy lights and all the futuristic stuff. Um, I love all of that. So I would definitely be down for a Tron ride. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's actually a classic thing too. Electronica. Cause after that they did like the mad tea party, which I wasn't like that big of a fan of. Yeah. With even that, I was bummed when they changed it to that. Cause I, I don't know. I used to just go over there just for, electronica and the roller coaster and then i remember i really liked the soren over california i was kind of bummed they took that out but yeah change now, now it's uh <laughs> soren over the world is it like the same thing just the whole world <laughs> yeah yeah you, you go to like egypt and like brazil and uh, oh. india yeah i don't think i went on it since they they changed it you said um, you watched uh, Star Wars growing up. Did you ever keep up with like the rest of the movies? Yeah. The only one I haven't seen is Solo, which I've been meaning to watch because it's on Netflix now. And my brother is like the ultimate Star Wars fan. So okay, he loved it. And I'm like, oh, if you love it, it has to be good. But I actually really liked all the new ones. Like, I think they're really well done. I think it's crazy that um, this year, like that trilogy comes to an end. Oh, I know. It's really depressing. <laughs> yeah. Like it like feels doesn't feel like there's been enough time for me to like, you know, like love these characters long enough to like let them go. I, I'm just like super sad. Like I, I don't want to like this to be the last thing with them because I, I just love characters like like Poe Dameron. I, I think it's badass. Yeah. And. It just, I don't know, they, they still seem so brand new, I guess, comparing to the old ones. Um, I'm like, I feel like this just came back, because I feel like they put out a new movie, like, every year, it seemed like. Yeah, from Seven, then they did, um, what was it, Rogue One, and mm-hmm. then Eight, and then Solo. Force Awakens, and yeah. Um. Uh, it all seems so brand new that I'm like, it's it's too soon to end it all. <laughs> yeah, it just feels like, um, it just feels like time has like flown by because it like when I think back to, um, Force Awakens, it doesn't feel like it's been that long. Yeah, not at all. Um, who is your favorite character from this trilogy? What was that? Uh, who's your favorite character from this trilogy? Um. 
Damn. I can't even think. I, I just like, I love all the droids, honestly. Like, I think those are all really cool. Um, like, I loved BB-8 when, like, that first happened. And then, like, just the Porgs. Like, they're just so cute. <laughs> so I love those. But um, I really like Poe. Um, I don't know. I just, I feel like they did a really good job with everyone that they cast for all these movies. Um, so no one particularly bugged me. I kind of loved everyone. I'm just curious how it's going to, um, like end, like, are are we going to see, um, Kylo Ren die or is he going to survive? I know. And I, I love Kylo Ren. I, I think he's sick. So I don't, I don't know how that's going to go. I really liked his helmet. I, I didn't really like how in the last one he wasn't really wearing it. Oh, I know. Right. But yeah, it's super dark. Um, yeah, I don't know. He's cool. I, I don't even know what to expect. I know my brother's read like all the books. Like he, he grew up like being really into it. And when we saw the last movie, um, I was like, oh my God, this is all crazy. He's like, some of this isn't surprising because this is all kind of predicted. I'm like, oh, I wouldn't know. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I have no idea what the next one would be like. Um, yeah, it's just crazy that like Harrison Ford and all of them, it's, it's weird to see them actually like in these movies and so much older. Um so I don't, I don't even know what to expect. I don't know. <laughs> you mentioned that um, you have a uh, Netflix. Have you seen that movie uh, Bandersnatch? No, I haven't. Is it good? I thought it was awesome. Like, do you know anything about it? No, not really. Um, so it's like in like the Black Mirror universe. Have you ever seen that show on Netflix? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So so it's like in that universe, and like it's a like an it like an interactive movie so at certain points in the movie like you have to make choices for the, the main character and just depending on which path you take like um you like the movie could either like end early for you or you can like continue on and see like all like um these different like sequences and it, it's mm-hmm. pretty it's, it's pretty trippy i i thought it was like a really cool experience I definitely love everything that um, like Black Mirror has put out and I can't wait for the next season to come out. But like, I just like whenever anybody mentions Netflix, I just have to ask if they've seen that. Cause it's, it's definitely like I'm, a cool, like an interesting experience. I'm totally going to watch it. Cause I keep hitting like the point where I kind of just run out of stuff to watch. And then I just throw on Seinfeld and then watch that all over again, like a hundred times. <laughs> um, yeah, I need to watch it though, because I mean, I've heard really good things about it. You should definitely check it out. I, I feel like the way you are with Seinfeld, that that's how I am with The Office. Oh yeah, I'm the same way with The Office too. It's it's kind of like me alternating between the two. Yeah, it, it's so bad. Like I I pay for this monthly service just basically just to watch The Office and like other things like sprinkled in here or there. 
And oh yeah, like there's because I I know there's like so many other good things to watch on Netflix, but it's just I I just have like this weird like commitment issues with like new stuff. I'm just like oh like I don't really know if I want to give my time to something that I'm not sure I'm gonna like, so I'll just stick with something that I'm like super comfortable with. Oh, I'm the same way. Like I think it was yesterday or the yeah it was yesterday. I was watching The Office and um. I kind of had it on as like background noise while I was cleaning and stuff. And, uh, I like finally stopped cleaning and I like sat down and I started watching it and Scott's tots came on and I'm like, Oh God, like I can't, I can't watch this right now. I'm just going to go back to Seinfeld. <laughs> like every time I watch that episode, I just cringe so hard. It's like so uncomfortable. Yeah. It's the, the fact that he actually went back <laughs> and I, it's just so bad because he, you know, he just like basically lied to them and uh, they were so excited to see him. They like, you know, had that little performance <laughs> for him, uh, had like that uh, room dedicated to him. And then he just like bust out those like <laughs> laptop batteries. And uh, like <laughs> Aaron's just there being ridiculous. <laughs> just like singing along with them. <laughs> yeah. The man. whole thing's just great. Um, yeah. The, the, that whole show's amazing. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know why, but I was like curious to see like, you know, what's like the consensus, like best episode of the office. So I like Googled it and like everywhere said that the best um, office episode is uh, the dinner party episode. Do you remember that? Oh, one? I love that episode. Um, and like it, it, it's a crazy episode. It's it, it's funny, but like I just didn't understand why everybody voted for that one. Yeah. So I like, mean, I feel like there should be a vote on like the best intro because okay. Like the one when they're messing with Stanley is like hilarious. And then the fire where like Angela's throwing her cat through the ceiling. Oh my god, <laughs> Dwight's like, today smoking's gonna save lives. <laughs> That's so bad. You yeah. know what's funny is that episode is the first episode of The Office that I've ever seen. No way. That's like a perfect start. <laughs> yeah, because because at the time I, 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 I was like dating this girl and like that was like her favorite show. So she was like, you need to get into it, blah, blah, blah. And like things like didn't work out. So I was like, fuck that show. Like, I'm never going to watch it. But then, yeah, I was randomly at um, somebody's Super Bowl party. I don't even remember whose it was. Pretty sure I was just there to eat their food, but like <laughs> right after the Super Bowl, um, the Office came on and they just left the TV on. So I just kind of was like in the the kitchen watching the TV, and like I had no idea what the show was. But then like the intro came on, and I'm like, holy shit! Like that was really funny. I was like, I need to like you know figure out like why I, I haven't been watching it. So like I went home and just kind of caught up, and it was great. Oh my god, it's so good. But I think like that show. Um, one of my favorite uh, intros was when um, uh, uh, that Asian actor came in and was pretending to be Jim. <laughs> and, she has like the framed photo with him. Yeah. And then like when he like kisses Pam, like Dwight starts like freaking out. <laughs> so good. Yeah. No, I could I could watch that show every day forever. Like it just does not get old. Did you, um, you obviously seen the whole series, right? Seen what? Uh, like the whole series. Oh, like 12 times at least. Okay. Cause <laughs> normally, um, like I, I have a lot of friends who drop off like when Michael leaves and I, I feel like it didn't even get that bad when he left. Like I, 
don't know. It was different, but it was still good. Yeah, that, that's what I tell everybody. I'm like, like, yeah, Michael Scott was like iconic, super funny, but like, I feel like this show still like held its own without him. Oh yeah, you get like Robert California <laughs> oh, and Nelly and all those people. Like, it gets it's still so good. Yeah, that um. The episode where Robert California is like losing his mansion, so they have like that party, <laughs> and like Andy, so good. Andy loses like the engagement ring, and Jim's trying to like oh dip God. out early. It's uh, like the best show. Yeah, and I, I thought they did like a perfect job in like the last episode where Michael comes back, but like that's not the main focus you know that he has like that scene with um jim and dwight and like that's it i i thought that was like the perfect way to like put him in there um to end the show oh totally yeah i a lot of people are like yeah i just i can't watch the end and i'm like no it's totally worth it like don't worry about it. it's good <laughs> Yeah, I I just hope they leave it alone because I know people have been like clamoring for like a like a reboot, um, but I just don't think they should do it. Yeah, I heard about that too. I feel like there's nothing more they can really add. So yeah, I, I hope they leave it because most of the time, I mean, I watched like the the last Twin Peaks uh, season and that was really good, but. If it's a show like The Office, I feel like you kind of just have to like leave it as it is. Yeah, it was just perfect for like that time, and it's still funny to this day. And I don't think they need to add it like anything to it. Yeah, totally. Because if the whole cast isn't gonna like be down to do it, I don't think they should do it. Because it'd be weird to like you know have to like write people off. Yeah, in like a show like that, it wouldn't make sense. They'd have to die or something. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't think they want to go down that road and have it be like extra, <laughs> like dark for no reason. <laughs> no, I, I hope not. But I was surprised that um, remember uh, Dwight was supposed to get like his own spinoff show for like his beet farm. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, but. I don't remember why it never went through because like in the show, like remember they were like setting it up because I like introduced those like characters like it's it was, like his other cousin and they were talking All about this the, like weirdo family. Yeah. <laughs> and like they were talking about the farm more. So it just seemed like they were just like setting us up for it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they just decided to leave it, which I am not mad about that. <laughs> yeah. But pretty happy with how that show like wrapped up and uh, happy that it's on Netflix. Like I'm, I'm worried about the, the day when they take it off Netflix. And I'm going to be, have to like watch like other stuff. Yeah. Or like just buy weird DVD packs of all the seasons, man, DVDs. I, I'm going to be honest. Like when it comes to stuff like that, like I just do everything like digital. Oh Yeah. Yeah, like when I um, play like video games, like I buy er like everything digital because like I, I used to move so often, like I was like having to move like every year and I hate moving. I hate packing. So I was just like, I need to travel like light. So I just stopped buying like physical things that I didn't really have to. So. Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing I really have, I have some movies, but it's not like huge. I have like 
books and then just records are the worst thing ever to move. <laughs> um, I think the last time I moved, I actually sold a lot of records that I kind of just had laying around, um, literally just to make the moving process easier. But yeah, I digital is like the way to go for streaming movies and shows and all that. Yeah, the only thing that I like have a lot of like or like a collection of is I like read uh, comic books. So I have like a crazy amount of comic books and I hate having to like lug those things around because it's just like a million like white boxes full of these books that I love. Like I'm happy that I have them, but it's just like I hate having to move them because I have like seriously, I have so many comic books. Yeah, and stuff like that. It's just better as a physical copy so it's like it would take away anything if they put all of that like online it, it wouldn't be the same so um you're kind of stuck with the boxes of books for a while <laughs> yeah like I've, I've thought about going digital with my comics but then i, I thought about because my friends and i we go out to like comic book conventions and like i like to meet my favorite like writers or artists and if i went digital like i wouldn't have anything for them to sign so yeah it's, it's just like I, I love having the books to be able to have like that experience as well like i, I get to read them and then at some point whenever they decide to come out to like a convention I can go out and meet them and have them sign my book and tell them how much I love their work yeah totally like I don't know I kind of like like for me with records I I like buying records because a lot of them come with things that you couldn't just look at online like you get weird inserts and the art's different and I don't know I kind of love just having like physical copies of things so I totally get you in that sense (laughs) Will um, Lovesick um, press any vinyl? I want to so badly. Um, I'm hoping after we put out this song that we'll just keep writing and recording and maybe we'll do another EP and then just press like vinyl of maybe both of the EPs and do like just a comp kind of thing. Um, I thought about doing like a seven inch for the the EP we put out. Um I didn't think so many people would be into it. It was kind of just like, oh, cool, we sold the tapes. That's cool. Now what? So um, maybe we'll do like a record of that or just like a compilation or, of something or new songs. I don't know. But yeah, I would love to do vinyl. I'm a big fan of that. I'm definitely into the compilation idea. Yeah, I kind of like, I don't know. I, I bought my brother a record for Christmas and... Uh, it was a Tears for Fears record and it was basically just this whole compilation of all of our favorite songs and I'm like god it's just cool that they have everything here you know and it'd be cool to just put everything we have on one record and then eventually do like a full length or something depending on where we go with it but um, yeah I think it would be cool to do like two EPs on one Um definitely a fan of compilations and weird stuff like that (laughs) real quick can i tell you how i found out about you guys yeah i would actually love to know (laughs) (laughs) okay so um one day just you know on my phone just scrolling through um twitter 
and my buddy Jake, he like at replied to you guys because um, you guys were like selling your T-shirt, like the black one mm-hmm. that says lovesick. Um, and so like he at replied to you guys and that like just popped up in my feed because I'm following him. And I was just curious because like, oh, like that shirt like looks kind of cool. Like I wonder like what this is. Mm-hmm. So like I just looked you guys up and I'm like, oh, like this music is actually pretty cool. So like listen to you guys on Bandcamp. And then um, didn't really think anything of it. And then um, I don't know how, but then you, you guys got brought up in my group chat. And Damn. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys got brought up in my group chat. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm like, Jake, like I, I listened to that band because like you were tweeting at them. And then um, my buddy Max, um, he was like, hey, like I know um, Emily. And I'm like, oh, really? I'm like, do you want to like, you know, shoot her a message, see if she'd be down to come on the podcast. So that's how like this whole thing kind of came together. That's so sick. Yeah. Um, it's so funny because since this is like my first thing putting or the first thing I put out, um, I always think it's cool when people I don't really know listen to it. I'm just like, how did you find it? Like, if you're not my friend, why would you listen? Like, obviously it's cool and everything, but I'm like, what made you listen to us? Like, if you don't know me or like Remy, why would you listen to it? But um, yeah, I remember because I think... I feel like Jake either bought a tape or like wanted to, or I know he bought a shirt cause I sent him one and like, uh, when I was doing all the heartworm stuff, I'm way about like packaging and all that. So, um, when we like put out the tape, I was talking to my brother, I'm like, yeah, I want to do like a, like a cool stamp and like pins and all that. So like presentation and everything is everything. So, um, I remember sending him a shirt and I wrote him like a letter. I was like, dude, that's so cool. You bought a shirt. <laughs> it's crazy. Cause I don't know you and you wanted to buy a shirt. So I don't know. For me, it's like always exciting when, um, people I don't really know that well, or people I just know through like social media have picked up on it and actually like it. It's really cool. But yes. Yeah. So shout out to Jake. If it wasn't for him, like, I don't know if we would be here today. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. Um, last thing, um, you guys have a show at um, Program, right? Um, our first show was at Program, and we're playing again on the twentieth with Big Bite, and then a few other like cool bands. Um, C- cool side. Really excited for that though. Uh, I've been really wanting to play more shows since we got the first one out of the way. Yeah. Now uh, that all the nerves are gone. <laughs> Yeah, I saw the flyer and I was like, oh, this is such a sick lineup. So I'm definitely going to be there. So it'll be oh, awesome. Yeah, so it'll, it'll be super cool to um, see you guys live. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I was like really flattered when uh, they reached out and wanted us to play. So, um, yeah, I, I hope we play more shows soon because now that the first one's out of the way, I just it's all I want to do. So we'll see. <laughs> And do you think you'll be playing the bass by then or are you just going to call up? I'm not opposed to it, but okay. um, Justin and Alvin are like such a good fit. So as of right now, unless Dead Heat starts leaving more often, which obviously I'd be stoked for them, or if Alvin's too busy with his stuff, um, I think we're just going to stick with the, the live lineup we have now and then... Um, I learned the parts just in case. So yeah, I don't know. Um, I might start playing keyboard though live. So 
because the new song has so much that someone's got to do it. So I'm not really opposed. It's like a guy outside my house with a bell and a like a horn, and he's wearing a clown suit. I'm just really confused. I can hear the horn. (laughs) Um, sorry. (laughs) No, that's totally fine. Um, before we go, is there anything you want to shout out or plug? Um, I don't know. Shout out to you for wanting to do this and anyone who's supported it so far. It's really cool that anyone is into our band and everything. And yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I have any special shout outs. Um, that's it. I think. (laughs) All right. Well, there you guys have it. This has been another episode of the dreamer K podcast. Always on top. Breathe in, leave it all behind I just want to see the light